do we really have politicians in Congress that don't know what a fire alarm is? The Griff Report starts now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? The one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said, what do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus. What's up, people? Welcome to the Griff Report. I'm your, I'm your host, the Griff God, Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep. Hotep. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Oh, this is a real Hotep brother. Hotep. Hotep to the chat. What up, y'all? Welcome back. Happy Monday. It's the day after my birthday. Real quick, let me just shout out the people that show me love monetarily via Cash App. Hold on. Let me pull this out. Pause. <clears throat> so, uh, God bless this weekend. What up to DZ? Thank you, DZ. Uh, Trill. Trill McCoy, thank you. And uh, Khalid Cooper, thank you. Um, yeah. So, appreciate uh, you three guys for blessing me. Also, shout out to Jeffrey Brown for blessing me. You guys are appreciated. Thank you for holding me down and happy birthday to me and all of that good stuff. Now, today, there's not going to be any phone calls. I have to go to Fox promptly after the conclusion of this show. So uh, we'll have to take phone calls tomorrow. That being said, I have a action-packed show lined up for you today a lot of stuff to go over jay-z respectability politics cbdc's in nigeria and of course politicians that don't exactly know what a fire alarm looks like but before we get into that a couple of announcements shout out to all of our new affiliates if you'd like to sell master focus and make some recurring revenue that link is in the description box below also this morning I published um, five ways I use AI so I can be lazy and not burn out and get more work done in my day. Um, basically 10X my productivity without outsourcing it to Pakistan, India, or Russia. So I put those four examples. It's a video, it's about 20 minutes long. It's posted in my locals, hotepjesus.locals.com and also my YouTube subscribers. If you're a YouTube member, channel member, you also have access to that video as well. So that's a piece of education going out. Also, we have a technology update coming to Men of Order, and I'll explain to you, my paid subscribers, I'll explain to you the, the reasoning behind that and why it's going to make us mad more money. And maybe you guys can, you guys can use this lesson um, in your own endeavors. And then I have another video coming out about, I can't remember, I'll, I'll recall, it's in my to-do list somewhere. Um, but I have another um very good tutorial coming soon as well. Uh, with that being said, let's dive right into the content here. Uh, so apparently, uh, I think this is a Democrat uh, representative, Jamal Bowman, right? Did I call him Brown? Did I put Brown in the... I think I put, damn, I put Brown as his name. Oops. Uh, let me edit that. 
Jamal Bowman. My bad. Jamal Bowman. Um, I'll edit it on Rumble right now. Hold on. Jamal Bowman. I don't know where I got Brown from. I don't know why I said Brown. That was uh, maybe some sort of Freudian slip of some sort. Thank you, Rumble, for updating that. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, what happened here? Uh, so, House Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy and other Republicans are demanding consequences for Democrat Representative Jamal Bowman over an incident involving a fire alarm. Uh, Bowman is alleged to have pulled a fire alarm leading to evacuations and a delay in a vote to fund the federal government. Unfortunately, they have funded the federal government, so it's not shutting down, unfortunately. McCarthy likened the incident to the actions of January 6th. Uh, rioters who stormed the Capitol to overturn election results. Uh, Bowman issued a statement apologizing for the ordeal, which we're going to take a look at it, denying that he pulled the alarm as a political stunt and saying it was activated mistakenly. The incident occurred as Congress is working uh, on passing a short-term spending bill to fund the government. Some Republicans on social media accused Bowman of disrupting an official proceeding and called for him to face consequences. McCarthy suggested that the House Ethics Committee should investigate Bowman's actions. Uh, Representative MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene called for Bowman to be prosecuted under the same law used against January 6 rioters. Other Republican lawmakers, including Lauren Boebert, Matt Rosendale, Andy Biggs, Elise Stefanik, and Thomas Massey expressed outrage and criticized Bowman's actions as well. Bowman's statement emphasized that he was not trying to delay the vote, but was attempting to reach it urgently. Uh, U.S. Capitol Police spokesman confirmed that a fire alarm was activated in the Cannon Building and that an investigation was ongoing to determine what happened. The incident has sparked a heated debate and calls for legal action against Bowman among Republican lawmakers. Now, let's take a look at this letter here from Jamal Bowman. And uh, <clears throat> let's pull that up on your screen now. All right, good. So Sonny Johnson says if pissing and saying it's rain was a person in response to this. So uh, he said, I want to personally clear up confusion surrounding today's events. Today, as I was rushing to make a vote, I came to a door that is usually open for votes, but today would not open. I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm mistakenly, mistakenly thinking it would open the door. Now, I regret this and sincerely apologize for any confusion this caused. But I want to be very clear. This was not me in any way trying to delay any vote. It was the exact opposite. I was trying urgently to get to a vote, which I ultimately did and joined my colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep our government open. I also met after the vote with the sergeant at arms and the police, uh, Capitol Police at their request and explained what had happened. My hope is that no one will make more of this than what it was. I am working hard every day, including today, to do my job to do it well and deliver my for my constituents. Um, wow. Wow. So here's pretty much all I have to say uh, about this situation. There's two sides of this coin. One side says, yeah, he did this on purpose and maliciously. The other side says he did this by accident. Now, I'm going to leave alone for a moment him doing this maliciously, and I want to focus on him doing this by accident. I believe that him doing this by accident 
is more detrimental to this nation than him doing it on purpose. Because if you have someone in Congress who does not know what a fire alarm looks like, he is incompetent and cannot do the job. He must be fired. I would impeach him for stupidity. That's what I would impeach him for. I would remove him off from office immediately for stupidity. How dare you be that dumb? You don't know what a fire alarm looks like. It's big and it's red and it has the word fire on it. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he didn't do this maliciously. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But if he did this by accident or even purports to do it by accident, that is way more that is way more detrimental than him doing this maliciously. And he needs to be removed from office for being dumb. Now, this guy is a former football player, so maybe he's got CTE, which also means he's not fit for office. Uh, it's something wrong with Jamal Bowman, and he must be removed from office ASAP. This is a sick Negro. Somebody get that man some help. Let's go to the next story today. Like I said, we got a lot to cover today, and I don't want to take up too much time. I want to go to this video. Let's talk about respectability politics. So this video um, uh, here shows black men and black boys suited and booted, looking dapper from head to toe. And every time they make one of these videos, it goes viral. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Shari said, why do y'all hate seeing these images every time they come up? Positive images of black men are necessary. Stop hating. Now, I get what she's saying. And I get what the other side is saying. Now, I got to tell you, I got to be honest. Nothing about this video impresses me. Nothing about it impresses me. I actually, I think this is very detrimental to the black man. When a black man dons a European style suit, AKA becoming more European, AKA becoming more white in order to be perceived as something other than whatever our likeness says we are perceived as today. Also, it lends to respectability politics saying that a black man has to wear a suit to get respect. And I've talked about this subject matter in the past about how if you want to be a con man, put on a suit. The best conmen wear suits. That's why I used to see the mob and all of those guys put on suits. Made them look respectable. Made them look like, you know, genuine businessmen. Wanna see you. Right? So, the reason why I, I just, I, I generally don't care for this, mostly because we should have traditional African. Now, if everybody had on traditional African garb, I'd be all for it. This is a real hotel, brother. Right? Because now we're united in a culture. What is this? What is this? Just, you know, look good culture or whatever? Just this thing got on an all red joint. Now, I'm not going to hate. A couple of these cats look pretty fly. You know, I ain't going to hold you. You know, I like to put on my, my tux every now and then and look fly. You know? But um, the whole res respectability politics thing to me is just it's just quite corny. And I think there's there's more... Um, it's more beneficial things we could do with our time. You know, what did they do after this? Did they organize a meeting or did they just dress up, take pictures and then go home? What was discussed? That's what I want to know. 
What was discussed? What was the meeting about? What kind of money was exchanged here? What kind of business deals were put together? Now, I'm sure individually these people may have come together and networked, et cetera, et cetera, and good things have come from that. When you organize a bunch of black men to just look good, to me it's just a shallow, shallow uh, gesture. It's just a shallow gesture. Oh, niggas got suits on. Great. We're supposed to be happy about this. I'm not impressed. I, I just, I really don't care. I don't, I really don't care. I, I, I it just, it's just, it's kind of corny to me, to be honest with you. You know, this is some um, MLK, W.E.B. Dubois politics. Black man put on a suit. Take off your hoodie. Um, I think this, this meeting would have been a lot more productive if everybody had on a, a, a hoodie, a black hoodie and some black Air Force Ones, sat down and talked business, sat down and pooled their resources together and launched a, a, a an investment firm or some sort of coalition to bring masculinity to young boys, good, positive, strong masculinity to young boys. It's like niggas just get together to look good. Shit's corny to me. So um, I, I get some of the pushback. I get some of the pushback here uh, from people. Um, uh, so this guy says, this looks, this looks great. How are these men advancing the community? Are they breaking toxic cycles among black men? Or are they just in nice suits outside? Image is one thing, merit is another. Let's put those suits to work, damn it. See what I'm saying? He gets it. He gets it. So that's what Negroes is arguing about this weekend. Let's go back in the bag. We got some more Negro shit. We got some more Negro shit in the bag here. Hold on. Jay-Z has something to say about money and family. Let's go to that clip. I liked what Jay-Z had to say here. Hold on. From that space. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, you'll have people that where you come from, if you behave in a certain manner, that ain't, it's not accustomed to where they are, right? Some people haven't evolved past 16. They still stuck in that place, but you mm. evolve in every year. Mm -hmm. So that may be a threat to them, subconsciously or consciously. Kev back and funny because blah, blah, blah. You have to navigate that. Mm -hmm. You have cousins. You got to go home for Thanksgiving and people are talking to you like Kevin Hart. And you going home oh, for shit, solace. Wait. You want family. You're going home for peace of mind. You're going home for peace of mind. And they don't give you that your cousins, you're not, you're not your cousins that. in your grandma's living room saying, yo, man, I got this, uh, I got this play. I want to, if you just give me, you know what I mean? <laughs> 4,800, I could make you 2 million. You're yeah. like, it don't work like yeah. that, fam. And you got to explain to him, like, life isn't like that. And money isn't free and it, no one's given our opportunities. If it sounds too good to be true, it's really, and then he like, oh, you don't believe in my dreams. Where, so, where did so this this uh video here as you can see sonny johnson has a space talking about this but this video here has gotten backlash online um people are criticizing jay-z and like this person says f jay-z and kevin hart mad because jay-z won't give his family money and uh so let's weigh in on this right so first things first um when you ask a billionaire for money you better, 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 at least have a type of business that can make him another billion. If you tell him he's going to make millions, 
first of all, like, he's not interested in millions. This is a billionaire. Millions are nothing. Like, you know, he throws millions away. So that's not going to entice him. Saying, hey, you know, you give me 4800 I'll give you back two mil. He's like, what's two mil to a billionaire? You know, it's, that, that's not going to get me happy. Now, if you had an idea that could net billions, then he might be interested. He's like, okay, now you, you could, you know, now you're, now you're talking about some real wealth here. The other um, thing about this is, is if you're asking for 4800 from a guy like Jay-Z, don't try to entice him with the profit, you know, because the fact of the matter is, like I said, it's just millions. So you might as well just not even mention the millions. Just say, hey, I need 4500 for a venture, right? Um, also, if you're going to do this, you know, I, I wouldn't talk to Jay-Z directly. I would say, hey, you know, I have some, you know, some ideas. I'd love to be in touch with your business manager uh, or somebody on your team. And, uh, you know, let's talk about it at a later date. I don't want to spend family time talking about business and asking you for money, but I got some ideas. That's a much better way to approach it, right? And Jay-Z's right. You know, when you come around family, you don't want to talk business. You just want to chill, hang out, and take a load off. He's absolutely right. Now, the other thing is... Um, You can't just give somebody eight, somebody $4,800. It could technically do more harm than good to them. Because um, what are they going to do with it? It might put them in a place of complacency. We're like, oh, I got this 4800 and I got it for free. So they might not be as stringent on the way they spend that capital in their business when launching their business, they might be more frivolous with it, right? But they might become complacent because it came so easy. Now, aside from a business plan, which I think is pretty much utter bullshit, um, outside of internal use, like your business should have a plan. But um, as far as external use, business plans are usually fucking worthless. Um, and most investors don't give a shit about a business plan. They want like a five page high level deck. And we could talk about what that looks like at a later date, but just Google, you know, five page deck investment VC, whatever, something like that, angel investor, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But it'd be much different if you came to Jay-Z or whoever this is and said, hey, I have a revenue generating business that needs more capital. You know, we already have an ROI. We're up, you know, 100%. Uh, here's how many daily active users we have, or here's how much traction we have in the market. Here's how many customers. Then that's something you can take serious because you've already started. You've already launched. You've did much of the homework. You've done a lot of the work. So really just need capital to help you scale. Sometimes when people come to you with the $4,800 request, it's like you ain't even, you haven't done any legwork. You haven't done even any uh, market analysis, competitor analysis, you know, you, you haven't done any work to bring, you know, you don't even have a proof of concept, right? And that's why we talked about with AI. AI is great because it allows people to create a proof of concept in a day, whereas back in the day, it might've taken you a month or more. So with the help of AI, you should at least have a proof of concept and, and launched and have some traction. Even if you're not making money, you know, show some traction if you're going to talk to somebody about some money. But I think the biggest lesson here is 
um, when you treat your family members like money piles, it dehumanizes them. It, it, it takes them out of being a family member, you know, and, and especially when it's time to be around family, you know, I know I'm dealing in business. And when I get around family, I kind of just want to relax and, and take my mind off of things. I don't want to talk about money and projects and things like that. Although I do love talking about those things. Not always. Sometimes I just want to sit back and kick it and reminisce and talk about the good times and what happened with this and tell me the story. How you been? And remember when grandma did this? Remember grandma's house? And, you know, that type of stuff. And just relax and just enjoy life. You know, I would like to argue politics, but they be scared. My family be scared to talk to me about politics. Every time I hop in a conversation, I just whoop ass so easily. Um, matter of fact, I remember the last time. Um. I got a half brother and his uh, his wife wanted to talk to me about, well, we were arguing about Bitcoin and she was like, who has money for a whole Bitcoin? And I'm like, you know, you can buy pieces of a Bitcoin, right? She didn't know that, but she worked for a major bank, a major bank. It's like, what are we doing here? You know? So again, I'd be whooping ass and most people can't debate with me because I only argue about things I know. All right, let's go on. Let's keep it moving. What up chat? Who's in the chat? Um, James Wilk, get yourself a bottle on me. Great show. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you. Get Wilk, go broke, says uh, the crazy how this is getting so much hate, of course, from modern black women and simps. Mm. Happy birthday, AJ. Tell Cat she's the best. Thank you, Rudy. Man, it's a big boy super chats coming in today. Thank you for the birthday love. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for the birthday love. Uh, put that money to good use. Protocol said 4,800. What kind of money is that? See, that's the thing. It's not about the money. It's about how you treat people. And that to me is priceless. Are you looking at me like I'm just a wallet or are you looking at me like I'm a person? I'm your family member. And have you done the work to even earn that 4,800? Do you have a ROI that's going to take that 4,800 and turn into a billion. Otherwise, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we working on here? You know, a lot of work goes into asking for money. All right, let me go back in the bag. What we got, what we got in here? Um, oh yeah, this thing. So everybody remember the video that popped off this weekend about white people when they go hiking. So of course, um, some people were disturbed by that. Let's pull that video up. Hold on. Oh, wait, wrong. Oh, wrong. Um, wrong screen. Wrong window. All right, here we go. Let's play. You're going to love the view. It's wet down there. Oh, is your guys first time? Yeah. Yeah, just like keep going down straight. The waterfall is going to be on the left. You're going to love it. Watch your step. It's so green, the color. It's worth it. So we played that last night on Chrissy Mayer's show, Simpcast. If you guys didn't check that out, go check me out on Simpcast. Uh, last night we had a great time. I was on there for about three hours with the ladies. Really, really good time. Really fun show. And we had great laughs about this, you know. And uh, today, uh, Goldstein brought this to our attention. Um, a response from, no. Hold on. Right here. 
So we have a, a response from uh, a per, an individual named Rob Smith online. And he says, whenever I see videos impersonating white folks, it's making fun of general pleasantry, lack of anger and willingness to help strangers. That is alien to most blacks who are so lost in anger, hurt and bitterness. They cannot imagine being any other way. Instead of asking why we are not this way, we make fun of people who are. It's actually quite sad. I hike. It's great. I've encountered exactly this white person on many a trail, and it never occurred to me to make fun of them or to find his behavior at all odd. Um, I really don't want to spend too much time on this. Let's just highlight the tactics behind the grift. So remember I told you the great grifting is made between two chemicals. One is black, one is white. When you mix those two things together, you get the grift, the great griftening. Unfortunately, you might get sucked into the black hole of the great griftening. And that is where the devil and demons reside. And that's where it seems like this tweet is coming from. It's coming from the dark side of the griftening. Because to be a stellar black conservative or a viral black conservative, your best bet is to denigrate black people and say good things about white people in the same breath, in the same breath. That's very important. They must be juxtaposed. They must be laid out in contrast to each other. Black man, bad, white man, good. If you can do that consistently as a black conservative, you will be promoted because white conservatives love being absolved of their internal guilt surrounding racism. They have some sort of internal guilt because if they didn't, none of this stuff would bother them. So they have some sort of internal guilt. They let the left get to them and call them racist and that stuff gets to them, et cetera, et cetera. So they enjoy when the black man says the things that they can't say or are too afraid to say because they might lose their job, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, white people are very fucking polite. In, in particular, um, white women. White women are usually uh, the ones that, um, that act like this, particularly white liberal women. Is, is, is literally that archetype. White conservatives are not that polite. They're not the polite people you see in this video. They're just not. White conservatives are not this kind of polite. White conservatives are the kind of polite where, you know, you're on your last box of ammunition and he goes, here's another round on me, right? And you're at the shooting range, you ran out of ammo. He's like, here, I got another 10 clip for you. That's how white conservatives, white conservatives are like, oh, you know, as a black man pulled over on the side of the road, uh, you know, with his tire blown out, let me go help repair. Whereas a white liberal is going to drive right past your ass. See, the white liberal is, is very, um, you know, helpful in the eye of the public when it's safe. When it's a little risky, they will turn their backs on a black man as soon as possible. So the white people you see in this technically aren't really white conservatives. This is usually your white liberal, your white city slickers. Um, although that does not take away from Southern hospitality. Southern hospitality does not come in this form. It doesn't have these type of accents, but there is such a thing as Southern hospitality where people are genuinely nice. However, this is mostly white women. 
And I think these things need to be discussed, and I think they need to be playful and made fun of. Also, Chrissy, last night on the show, I wish I had a copy of it, um, played a video where, you know, white people were making fun of black people with their fire alarm beeping, right? And their, and their house, fire detector beeping in their house. And black people made fun of that and found it funny. So it seems like black people have a sense of humor when it comes to online content. But conservatives are like, oh, my God, how dare you make fun of me? And they turn into liberal cucks immediately. Oh, my God, we can't have fun online. How dare you have a sense of humor? Anything to be a victim. Let's move on. Can't believe I had to talk about that. Cannot believe I had to talk about that. Not believe I had to talk about that. Uh, anyway, Canada, the Canadian government armed with one of the world's most repressive online censorship schemes. This is from G. Glenn Greenwald, uh, announces that all online streaming services that offer podcasts must formally register with the government to permit regulatory control. So basically, it's the Ministry of Truth straight out of 1984, which is going to control group think, control how you think. How dare you speak freely? And if you host this content, you must be regulated so we can monitor and license your content or your content delivery systems. And I said before, we only got a little bit more time while AI is still legal. At some point, they're going to cut the public off from using AI. You will need a license or you need to go through your corporation or school to use AI and it'll be heavily monitored and regulated. So while AI is still free for all, I would definitely use it because at some point it's going to be, uh, they're going to say it's too dangerous for the public to use and you need a license and you got to renew the license every year and you got to go take these classes and all this other bullshit so you can AI responsibly. Um, so yeah, so you've been warned. All right, let's, di let's dive into some, some interesting um, news right now. This is, you know, more my, my vein of content. As many of you know, this is what I love to talk about. Economics or economics, depending on how you want to pronounce that. So this comes off of uh, Mises.org and it says, um, hold on a second. Let me check on the chat. Let me check on my chatters. Um, Oh, 87 Sparker, here's a little something for the birthday. Hopefully y'all like the books I posted up. Thank you. I appreciate you. And definitely thank you for the book recommendations. We appreciate you. Jaden said people find anything to get mad about online. Yeah, like literally like to be in political concern. I don't know what I don't know what it looks like on the left because I don't follow enough lefties. All I know is on the right, you wake up and you wait for the left to do something to be mad at, and then you complain about it, and you get a bunch of clicks, likes, and engagement. That's pretty much the theme that happens there, and you don't really, um, you don't really uh, you know, dive into anything edifying or deep or intellectual. You just you know, you know, cry about the left. Basically victimhood, right? Yeah, everybody hit the like button. Everybody hit the like button. Appreciate you. Um, so let's get into our Syscoin update of the day. Be mindful. Money's falling from the sky. We have an airdrop group. So if you want to access the airdrop group, that link is in the description box below. Join the Syscoin Telegram and uh, great education. Like she said, they're recommending books in that in that uh, Telegram group. Great, great information. I suggest you all get in tune with it. 
That link is in the description box below. And if you hit the pinned message at the top of that Telegram group, you can gain um, more information about how to get paid uh, with the new release of the Syscoin technology, SuperDAP. That's with two Ps. All right, let's go into our Syscoin CBDC update of the day. Mises, how has CBDC created chaos and poverty in Nigeria? Just in case you're wondering, currently I'm sipping on um, honey, a, a, a tremendous amount of honey from the honeycomb and green tea with um, a splash of Moringa powder before I head to Fox, just to make sure everything's on point. I have my master focus today, so I'll be sharp as shit when I get to Fox. All right, let's dive into the details. And I'm going to read this whole thing. We're going to go pretty fast and I'll slow down where need be. So this is no coincidence that Nigeria, the population of 200 million, became the first serious global testing ground for the central bank digital currency, CBDC. And we talked about this before, how Africa is a testing ground for everything. You got a new vaccine, send it to Africa. If people die, oh, well, we'll just say, hey, it's Africa, right? So, again, Caribbean, Nigeria, the only places outside of China that have a fully functional CBDC, although adoption leaves a lot to be desired. So again, not only is it the wealthiest country in, on the continent where the globalists are making plans, but Nigeria also possesses significant hydrocarbon and metals, uh, metal reserves and talented citizens. Now that's true. They do have some talented citizens. You can get, you can outsource some really good work to Nigeria uh, from Nigeria. That is true. Uh, for these reasons, uh, it can serve as a relatively good example for the rest of the poorest continents. All right. Geopolitical considerations are not insignificant. The Davos globalists who have been present in Nigeria for some time feel that if they do not take care of Nigeria, the Russians present there since the Soviet era will do it. Political interests in Nigeria are also being sought after by the Chinese who have been building railways, roads, airports and mining companies in Nigeria while simultaneously cultivating good relationships with tribal and political leaders. So the Russians and in China see the value in Nigeria um, so uh, the West comes in the form of take, 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 right? And pretend to give. That's what the West does. They pretend to give, but they really take, 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 right? Now the Chinese, they give, it's just that it's an imbalance giving, right? So they'll say things like, hey, we'll build roads and airports, but we own them. Um, we'll build mining companies, but we own most of what we get out of those mines. So those deals leave a lot to be desired to so the Chinese are not exactly, they don't exactly have clean hands, but their approach is a little bit different from the West where the West just maliciously takes and just destroys the nation where at least China does build infrastructure, mostly for their own benefit, but they do build infrastructure, right? Um, Okay, so it says here under the section of calendar, it says, here's a timeline of the establishment of the E-Naira, the Nigerian CBDC. Uh, Although the attempt to digitize the nation currency ended in failure, it carries a lesson for the rest of the world. 
So on October 25th, 2022, one year after the national referendum on the establishment of CBDC in Nigeria, in which 99.5 percent of the citizens voted against digitalizing the currency, the then president of the country, Muhammadu Buhari of the Fulani tribe, issued a decree that despite the opposition of the majority of the nation, the financial revolution would still take place. In December 2022, the government in Abuja launched a total attack on cash. The situation resembled events from 2016 in India when the government demonetized the highest denomination banknotes. The governor of the central bank, CBN, announced that by the end of January 2023, Nigeria would fully transition from physical cash, Naira, to e-Naira. Excuse me. The central bank's digital currency. People were required to transfer their cash holdings to the CBN, which would service them under the new monetary regime. The executive order was carried out by the then governor of the CBN, Godwin uh, Emefile of the Igbo tribe, a general and the only Christian in the country's Islamic ruling elite. I find that to be suspicious. You definitely can't trust a Christian amongst an Islamic nation. Um, Well-informed sources claim that the guidelines, both in know-how and digitalization supervision, were provided by circles close to who? The International Monetary Fund, a.k.a. the IMF, the World Economic Forum, and even the Bureau of Industry and Security. Okay. Now, we talked about the IMF, and I've done several videos on the IMF and CBDC, so pay attention. When February 10, 2023 arrived, about 80% of the $7.2 billion previously in private hands ended up in digital accounts of CBDC. The poorest segment of the population, over half of the people, still did not have bank accounts. Despite assurances from the CBN that physical cash would not be eliminated until CBDC was fully operational, Half of the nation was left with old, worthless banknotes. Commuters to and from the capital were left without cash to pay for their return transportation. Many small businesses, a significant part of the economy that relies on cash payments, closed because their customers had no money to pay. So There's a destruction, destruction of an economy. It is, it is easy to understand why violent riots erupted in the country on February 16, 2023. Let's go to that. Let's go to that article. So here we have The Guardian. Riots erupt in Nigerian cities as bank policy leads to scarcity of cash. I think I covered this, too. It says here, rioters have attacked bank ATMs and blocked roads in three Nigerian cities as anger spilled onto the streets. Over scarcity of cash just just days before the country's general election, Nigeria has been struggling with the shortage in physical physical cash since the central bank began to swap old bills of the local Naira currency for new ones, leading to a shortfall in banknotes. Banks have limited access to cash for withdrawals because of a scarcity of the new notes, and some businesses refuse to accept old Naira, causing huge queues, angering customers and disrupting businesses. Let's go back. Um, deprived of their entire wealth, desperate and hungry people took to the streets, demanding the reinstatement of the validity of the old paper currency. When I read this, it just sounds like some shit that happened in like 1794. 
All right. Anyway, rumors circulated that the Buhari government had issued a new paper currency called the new Naira or quote unquote to be used temporarily by the end of January 2023. Transactions using the e-Naira operated smoothly, but were limited to representatives of the middle class, totaling about 35 to 40 million people in Nigeria. The vast majority of Nigerians who use cash in their daily lives ran around fruitlessly searching to exchange their old money for anything they could eat. The rumor that Buhari's government issued new currency was confirmed in the last days of 20, uh, January 2023. The problem was that the new cash was nowhere to be found. Even today, when the central bank has withdrawn from the experiment, the supply of new cash did not even reach 10% of the entire Nigerian currency supply. <laughs> there is no new money anywhere. Even if it were, there is no possibility of mass exchanging the old and validated Naira for the new. Despite the ev events of uh, February 16th, the government acknowledged that the newly issued currency is intended to meet the demands of the protesters and restore their purchasing power. Even the brightest Nigerians were unable to understand how the government planned to eliminate existing cash and issue new money just a few weeks before the general election scheduled for February 24, 2023. Didn't the government whisk, risk an obvious defeat amidst the chaos? Well, no. The new cash was the guarantee of electoral victory. It was intended to be distributed to the poor, but a significant majority. So they would know who to vote for democratically. As predicted, the new president of Nigeria is a representative of the ruling party, the same one responsible for the chaos. It's important to note that we're talking about a country that was already struggling with the currency crisis, soaring inflation and fuel shortages, despite Africa being the largest oil producer. Uh, despite Nigeria being Africa's largest oil producer, where a severe lack of money and never ending queues at ATMs have been prevalent for years. Even dollars were scarce despite black market premiums. This is why Bitcoin became very popular in Nigeria. Very, very popular in Nigeria. In fact, the, the price of Bitcoin is higher in Nigeria than it is in um, other nations, especially America. It says end of the experiment. The situation of uncertainty and danger persisted for three and a half months until the inauguration of the new president, Bola Ahmed Tanubu of the Yoruba tribe, a former civilian government of the Lagos state. On May 29, 2023, approximately 108 days after the actual cash elimination, President Tanubu restored the validity of the old currency alongside the new Naira and E-Naira. What led Tanubu to make such a gesture? Was he forced to do so by overseers of the experiment from the IMF, the Fed, or the WEF? If so, why did it take them three and a half months to condemn 100 million people to starvation? I have another question. How come when the IMF put together their paper or papers on CBDC, there was no mention of the failure in Nigeria? Don't worry. I already know why. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Political observers in Abuja believe that no one intervened. President Bola Tinubu put an end to the experiment and stuck to his position. Once he invalidated the CBDC, he ordered an investigation into the CBN. 
resulting in the unprecedented detention of the former CBN governor, Godwin Emefile, on June 10th, 2023. In late July, the court released him from custody, but the security service rearrested him and is holding him in custody. The investigation is ongoing. Influential protectors from the IMF, the Fed, and even the White House, which singled out Nigeria as the global debutante of currency digitalization, remain silent. Isn't that what I just said? Amazing. 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 From the perspective of the start of the monetary experiment in Nigeria, it appears that the government in Abuja had neither the appetite nor a clear plan for its digitalization. The advisors from the World Economic Forum, the IMF, or perhaps even the Bureau of Industry and Security lacked a plan, too, despite their strong adherence to digitalization uh, strategies. Why didn't these overseers react and halt the digitalization? Was there another purpose for it? Depriving 100 million people of their means to live for three and a half months borders on an act of genocide. That's a hell of a bar right there from Mises.org. Survival, it says. Yet a tragedy did not occur. How did poor Nigerians survive for three and a half months without money, reserves, or any help from the state? Question mark. Nigerians, unlike most residents of the group of seven countries, don't believe in a, don't believe a word their government representatives say. Feeling deceived. I wish we would take a note from that. We'd be, we'd be believing these motherfuckers. But he promised us this and he promised us that. You believe those promises? Anyway, feeling deceived once again, when it became clear that neither the old nor the new Naira worked, people took to the streets. Shots were fired and a few people died. In response to refusals to accept their old cash, invalidated at the end of January, people without bank accounts, legal cash, or any savings resorted to traditional methods, barter and trade credit. Now, if you guys, real quick, before I finish reading this, if you guys have been following my, my um, reporting on CBDCs, you should, you should note the red flag here. Can anybody... For $50 worth of Syscoin, I'll send it to your uh, Pally wallet. Can anybody please tell me what the red flag here is? Um, hint. This was one of the promises that they promised the CBDC would, would offer. But yet you can see here is not exactly happening. Who can answer that question for $50 worth of Syscoin sent to their Pally wallet? Well, I can't do it right now unless you paste your Pally wallet address in the, in the chat, which you can do. And I'll send it to you right now. Can anybody tell me? I'll continue reading while you think about that. And I'll come back and check and see. Um, Nigerians, unlike most residents. Okay, matchstick holders. Matchstick holders exchanged them for yams with farmers. Soap producers traded for fuel. And small business owners extended longer credit terms to their contractors. Teachers and cleaners from local schools sought help, mainly food, from the families of their students. Nigerians' natural lack of faith in statism, something wealthy citizens of Germany or Canada might consider imprudent, prevented a similar outcome as that of the Canadian Freedom Convoy. It is, after all, due to their country's monetary policy that German retirees are experiencing difficulties. According to Nigerians, a weak, small state might not help them. But at least the value added tax in Nigeria is at almost 5% and tax collection does not exceed 25%. Healthcare may be deficient, but people have more trust in their shamans than the board and big pharma corrupted doctors. Let's go. 
So they believe in their shamans more than your, your doctors. And that's probably a good thing. Speeding fines are rare due to lack of police officers, but there is no labor inspection and no one forces anything to take an experimental vaccine. Now, I got to tell you, when I was in Tanzania, you know, um, a speeding fine, you could bribe the officer right there in the street. You know, you hand him some cash you, and you just let him, and he, he let you go. Um, and we did get pulled over by police in Tanzania, uh, which is how I know. Uh, tribal groups, rural authorities, and neighbors provided assistance. Families in which African life are the ultimate support helped. Self-help was the basis for survival for the Nigerians deprived of any assistance. I'm writing this because soon much more status nations will undergo similar currency digitalization. The situation in Lagos, Abuja, and Port Harcourt is returning to normal, and the E-Naira is one of several legal currencies. After the U.S. dollar exchange rate was freed, black market prices fell to the official level. The Nigerian exchange group expressed in U.S. dollars has risen by 37 percent so far in 2023. Naira inflation is declining faster than inflation in the U.S. Since Emifili's arrest, the specter of the CBDC monopoly has disappeared. Those who find electronic money more convenient use it. When that convenience is lost, they will switch to cash or its digital alternative. People now know that there wouldn't have been such chaos if the currency digitalization was voluntary and not accompanied by cash delegalization. Will Nigeria's case help other global central bankers and citizens arrive at a similar conclusion? Probably not. So we await the next economic disaster. Now, I got to ask you, did Americans riot when they demonetize gold? Well, I didn't say demonetized. I should say debased. Did they riot? I know they did in Africa. Uh, somebody in the chat said interoperability. That's uh, negative. Universal income. No, that's not it. I see a winner in the YouTube chat. I see a winner in the YouTube chat. Somebody's been paying attention to these streams and just won $50 worth of Syscoin. He said it right there. Hybrid XRD. Financial inclusion. Remember all those promises? Remember all those promises from the um, IMF about financial inclusion? About banking the unbanked? Let's type in IMF CBDC unbanked. Remember they talked about that? Here we go. Here's the International Monetary Fund. Right? And I'll show you. I just, I just Googled something randomly because we've covered this before. I just Googled something randomly on their website so you can see it here. Um, shout out to the Mises squad. Appreciate you. So um, if you look right here on your screen, you'll see it right there, right? So we're going to do control F unbanked. Remember they talked about that? So it says right here, in this paper, we develop a model incorporating the impact of financial inclusion to study the implications of introducing a retail central bank digital currency. CBDCs in developing countries, unlike in advanced countries, have the potential to bank large unbanked population and boost financial inclusion. You see it right there? Which can increase overall lending and reduce bank, inter, uh, bank disintermediation risks. So this is their promises. You see unbanked pops up in here one, two, three, four times just in this summary. 
And this is their report, Central Bank Digital Currency and Financial uh, Inclusion. This report is by Brandon Tan, March 17, 2023. So they sell the CBDC under financial inclusion. However, however, why did financial inclusion fail Nigeria? Why did financial inclusion fail Nigeria? Why was there no financial inclusion? And why did, why were the unbanked the most threatened when they moved to a CBDC? The exact opposite of what they promised. This is how colonization is proliferating across the world. And you have been warned. Uh, let's go to the scraps. We got a couple of scraps here before we, um, well, there's no phone calls today because I got to go to Fox. So let's cover some of the scraps here and, and get you some, uh, some tech updates and um, some CBDC updates and some SBF updates. Uh, let's close that. Okay, cool. So real quick, SBF update. Uh, I have a thread on my Twitter. You might want to go read it. It covers all of the, um, well, the highlights of SBF shady Democrat donations. If you're subscribed to my locals or my YouTube, you know how I, um, how I create these, uh, these things. Uh, otfjesus.locals.com. I showed you how to create great content for social media. Um, so shout out to all the people subscribed to my locals or uh, a mem paying member on YouTube. SBF trial update. So SBF is facing trial on eight accounts of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. SEC alleges that FTX was fraudulent from the start. Bankman Freed is accused of misappropriating and embezzling FTX customer deposits while presenting FTX as a safe investment platform. The indictment states that FTX's finances had multi-billion dollar deficiency caused by Bankman Freed's misappropriation of customer funds, which he used for various purposes, including investments, real estate purchases, and repaying Almeida's um, lenders. Michael Lewis, who interviewed SBF, expressed that one of the most concerning aspects of prison for him is the lack of internet access. Lewis speculated that SBF might prefer jail with intent, uh, with internet access over a $39 million penthouse in the Bahamas without it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. Definitely put me in the Bahamas and don't give me the internet over jail. I could definitely live without the internet and I would love to live in the Bahamas. Um, actually, I do have time here to t cover SBF Shady Democrat donations, and I want to do this mostly for my audio listeners. Shout out to all my audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. It says here, SBF made substantial contribution of $5.2 million to Joe Biden's presidential campaign in 2020. Um, damn. Bankman Freed made substantial political donations exceeding $70 million in less than 18 months, particularly ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. His contributions primarily went to Democrats and liberal leaning groups, making him one of the top donors to Democrats, second only to George Soros. Uh, one of the major recipients of his donations was Protect Our Future, a Democratic aligned super PAC. These campaign finance allegations are linked to SBF's desire to buy influence and influence public policy in Washington. Bankman Fried allegedly falsely reported political contributions, which were actually sourced from Almeida Research, an investment firm he controlled using customer funds. Corporate contributions were also made to candidates and political action committees in New York under someone else's name, but were funded by Almeida Research with stolen customer money. 
Bankman Freed personally contributed the maximum allowable amount to several members of Congress, including Senators Debbie Stabman, uh, Stabnow, uh, John Boozman, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, Maggie Hassan, Cory Booker, Lisa Merkowitz, Murkowski, and Susan Collins. Now, I just want to highlight something. Uh, I just want to highlight a blind spot in conservative Twitter. So conservative Twitter is um, preoccupied with, um, you know, uh, I guess uh, election tampering or election integrity. And so that that's where they are. Right. And then crypto was like SBF bad guy. Right. He, you know, made crypto look bad. But those two things need to join hands. Those things need to hold hands and come together because conservatives being completely oblivious of cryptocurrency have no idea that this, including the statistical model, which we talked about, um, were the reasons why they lost the election. It is SBF who I speculate with all of these contributions and the statistical model to couple with all of this is the reason why you lost the last election. It's the money, the fraudulent money, and the statistical model, which I think was created by Linda Friedman or something like that. So do better, people. Do better. Um, don't be so stupid you ignore crypto and miss the whole political um, aspect to it all. And... Um, yeah, I'm actually, let me just not say that last part. All right, let's go into the tech update of the day, daily tech update of the day. Uh, your boy, Ron DeSantis, shout out to him. Florida uses facial recognition software to access online recovery relief for hurricane victims. Some are concerned with privacy issues. You guys can go look at that. Humane AI pin debuts at Paris Fashion Week, features a small laser projector that can display information on your hand. You see the picture right there. Pretty interesting. You put it on your um, on your chest and it projects messages onto your hand. Not exactly. Not too many details have have been um, laid out yet. So more coming uh, in regards to the iPhone 15 overheating. Apple says it's because of iOS 17 and they're making an update soon. That's your tech report updated today. Um, listen, man. A lot of intellectual information we got to intake to stay on top of this beast. Remember, I, I said this in the past. This is not about black and white. It's not even about rich or poor. It's about knowing and not knowing. The intellectual versus the ignorant. The more ignorant you are, the easier you are to control. This is why many of the slave owners forebode their slaves from reading. Because the more you know, the more free you are. So that takes a, a tremendous amount of time of research and intellectual power and energy. So make sure you get your master focus. This discount is in the box below. Go get your subscription and uh, tap in. I enjoyed today's show. We'll be back with phone calls tomorrow. I'm your host, Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. And I'll see y'all next time. Hotep and Bill.